Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 316. On this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news, and then we'll be discussing recent episodes of The 100, iZombie, Limitless, The Walking Dead, and The Magicians, plus some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 316. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Robert Prentice with 3F by Space. And I'm Scott from the Serious TV Drama Podcast. Thank you, Robert and Scott, for joining me on episode 316. It's great to be here. Quickly, before we uh, jump into the news, just wanted to mention that uh, next month, in April, we're doing the uh, Listener Month where we're having listeners come on as guests. And I want to thank everybody that uh, wrote in to get on. We filled up all three spaces uh, and we'll be talking more about who's coming on in the first episode of next month about who else will be on coming in April. So again, thank you for, for those of you that wanted to come in and talk some TV with us. That should be fun next month. And with that, we'll jump into the news where CBS decided to uh, jump out there with a bunch of news like ABC and the CW here recently. And they announced a bunch of renewals, starting with uh, Two Broke Girls. We will be back for a sixth season, The Amazing Race for a 29th, Blue Bloods for a seventh, Elementary for a fifth, Hawaii Five-0 for a seventh, Madam Secretary for a third, Mom for a fourth, NCIS Los Angeles for an eighth, NCIS New Orleans for a third, Scorpion for a third, and Survivor for a 33rd. And with that, as soon as everybody sees that, everybody goes, what about Supergirl? What about Limitless? What about... And the answer is, <laughs> they haven't announced anything about any of their new shows. They're holding those off for a separate announcement. I'm sure that a lot of those will be back as well. They've been doing pretty well for CBS, but of those, Robert, are there any... Any of those CBS shows that you're watching that you're uh, happy to ha- you'll be happy to have back? To be honest, uh, you know, not really. I mean, Supergirl's okay. I d- it didn't really get into it for a couple episodes in and just kind of got bored with it. Limitless has some possibilities that would be interesting. I'd like to see that one come back for another season. Um, but uh, that's really about it for CBS for me. How about you, Scott? Well. Uh, of the shows that were of the new shows we're still waiting to find out about um i'm very much curious to see if supergirl gets renewed because um while i will agree that when it started out it wasn't it was kind of faltering and was really look, trying to find its way but in the second half of the season especially the 2016 episodes it's kind of become a really good show it's they really uh sharpened up the characterizations and the storylines and uh probably the more most comic accurate thing out there right now quite frankly uh limitless is always i've always found limitless like a, a fun show it's you know it's i like to serialize the aspect of it I, I enjoy it i do hope it gets another season what's weird is uh some weeks ago les moonves had kind of put out a comment or a statement that five or all, he says something like five or all six freshman tv shows are going to get renewed and then it's like they're walking that back, like it didn't happen. <laughs> you know? So I'm, I'm a little confused by that. Cause I, you're the guy in charge, Les. You're, you're allowed to say whatever you want, I thought. I mean, they still have like rush hour to premiere and and stuff <laughs> like that. So they, they haven't – and even CSI Cyber, which is, would be 
in its second season, so not even you know a new new show it wasn't on the on the list. I mean, it shouldn't be. That show's terrible, but. <laughs> but you, I feel you like kinda... they're a little gun shy after after CW renewed all of their shows. Uh, I feel like they're... they re- they renewed a lot of stuff here, and I think that they're probably just maybe waiting. I don't know, waiting to see a little longer what they have coming before they make final final decisions on the on whether they're going to re- be returning some of the new stuff. But it seems. I mean, Supergirl may not have done as well as they had hoped, but it also hasn't, like, cratered. And it that kind of feels like one that I can't imagine that it doesn't get another season. Uh, and Limitless has kind of been in that uh, that same spot. But it also depends on what they think about, I think, what they think about what they have coming. You know, they're working on their pilots now, so... But I think those are the two of, you know, the stuff that they haven't said yet, Supergirl and Limitless are ones I'd like to see. Like Scott said, I think it's really gotten good. The Red Kryptonite episode was excellent. Oh, yeah. It gave a lot of stuff to a lot of people to do in that episode, and they all pulled it off pretty well. And uh, of the stuff they announced, uh, I'm happy to see uh, Mom and Elementary uh, of those uh, coming back. You know, the rest of it I could take or leave. Half of it I don't even watch at all. Some of it I watch occasionally. <laughs> you know, it's like I yeah. used to. It's like I used to watch Y Five O, but that was like three seasons ago, and so it's going into season what did I say seven or something like that. And it's like, yeah, uh, long stop watching that. But you know, if they want to keep doing it, and there's people watching it on Friday nights, you know, as as Kyle right. says on this podcast a lot of times, it's just another hour of TV I don't have to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, I'm also I'm happy that they renewed Elementary. I've always been kind of a I was one of the few people who would often prefer Elementary over Sherlock, which I know is like sacrilege for a lot of people out there, but uh, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just think it's it's like you don't have to necessarily like only like one or the other. It's like I like both of them. And they do different things, and I think that's perfectly fine. But some people are just like, no, Sherlock, you must have just this one. And you're just like, why? In this, Yeah, it, I never understood that because I would say you realize there have been many versions of Sherlock <laughs> yeah. Holmes over the last hundred years. <laughs> you, know, you do understand that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just – I think what I like about elementary is that it just – it explores – uh, the Holmes concept in a, in a different way than I'd seen in recent years, so I enjoy it. And I like Sherlock, too. I mean, I like both shows. They're just different. And because one is a CBS procedural, it's going to get a lot more, you know, guff from people who are, you know, noses in the air with their uh, masterpiece classic shows. Or <laughs> yes. and, and to go total reverse, the other show I'm, I'm pleased about that you mentioned, uh, Total Guilty Pleasure, but I've watched it since its inception, I'm one of the people who watch Survivor, <laughs> so I am. <laughs> it's just it's funny when you hear thirty third season. It's like yeah, it's two seasons a year. Yeah, that's, not... <laughs> that, that's always the one. It was, I think it was, uh, what uh, when the ABC announcement was. There was the they announced you know that uh, America's Funniest Home Videos was coming back, and it was for like season whatever it was. But then you, all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, they only do one of those. A year, and it's in the twenties or or thirties or something like that, and you're like, "Wow, has that been on for that long?" So yeah, with the like the Dancing with the Stars and the Survivor and Amazing Race and stuff like that, since they're doing two a year, 
you look and you're like, oh, it's only, it's only really going. Although, you know, it'll Still be his thirty. Time. It'll be his thirty third and thirty fourth. So we're talking yeah. seventeen, seven, seventeen it, years. It, so it has been quite it, a while. It, 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 it's a pre nine eleven show, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's it's a that's a long time. All right. the uh, The other thing that was announced uh, renewal wise last week is that Fox uh, has renewed Brooklyn Nine Nine for a fourth season and The Last Man on Earth for a third. And uh, of those, I have long stopped watching Last Man on Earth. I just it was occasionally interesting, and then it would just completely go off the rails for me. But I'm really happy to see Brooklyn Nine Nine back. How about you, Scott? Either of those? Have you? Uh, for whatever reason, I've never sampled Brooklyn Nine Nine. Although a few people have tried to convince me, I, I always seem to be more reluctant to test out new comedies as opposed to new dramas. I don't know why. It's not, and it's not because my podcast has drama in the title. It has nothing to do with it. Uh, I, I just, you know. And people like, oh, did you? It's, it's like the new version of Barney Miller. And it's like, um, well, there's, you know what? I just found a cable channel where I can watch the old Barney Miller, so I don't need to watch that. <laughs> so I'm not, I, I've never actually seen it, although I have heard good things. And The Last Man on Earth, um, oddly enough, I watched the first couple episodes. And for whatever reason, I think I stopped just before January Jones showed up. Which is funny because I'm a huge Mad Men fan, <laughs> um, and I just for whatever reason I just never went back to it. I, it's just I was like, eh, it's good, but not good enough for me to keep in my DVR, so I don't care. <laughs> How about you, Robert? That's my biggest issue is the DVR because honestly, with the amount of TV I already have, I literally have like 120 hours of episodes still sitting on the DVR, and that's after catching up for today's podcast. And I just simply can't put more shows on there. I, I've, I watch a lot of uh, Japanese anime shows for our, our site as well, and I've got a, probably about 12 different television shows on that side plus the standard cable stuff that I'm watching. So it's not that I wouldn't like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or Last Man on Earth. I just simply don't have the hours <laughs> in the week to watch them. Yeah, there's there's becoming to be a, a lot more of that where you're like, well, it's kind of interesting. And under under like a decade ago circumstances, I totally would watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, I just don't have it. I just don't have space for that in my life for it. Uh, to to watch that, and then lastly, uh, HBO announced that the second season of Togetherness that's playing right now will be its last. That there won't be a third season, uh, which I don't know. Uh, the, eh. du the Duplass <laughs> brothers will just come up with something else. <laughs> they've they've right. seemed to always have twelve things going at any given time. So uh, I like the first season of it, but again, it was one of those things like it came back around, and I sort of intended to watch it, but have not watched any of the second season. So, um, but it's also in that since it's on HBO, it's, it's just out there on demand and it's always, Oh, I could just watch that whenever. And then whenever, never comes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for the news and we'll move on to the primetime segment. First up the hundred season three, episode eight terms and conditions. We're jumping back a little bit since uh, it's been a couple weeks that uh, the hundred hasn't been on. Uh, it comes back, I think it comes back this week. Yeah, it comes uh, back with, this Thursday with with, uh, with new episodes. 
sort of this weird little odd two-week break between the first eight episodes and the second eight episodes. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're jumping back to talk about the eighth episode, which we hadn't covered previously on the podcast. And uh, so, Robert, what did you think of the Terms and Conditions episode after getting all of this, all of the stuff that happened in the seventh episode, where there was lots of mm-hmm. lots of backlash due to a character death? But we also got the really interesting story about Allie, you know, like Allie 2.0 and, you know, this chip and and all of this stuff uh, being part of the leadership of the Grounders, which was all super interesting. And then we sort of see something of a different kind of episode where you were like, I want to see more about that. And then you get this episode. So what do you think there after all of the stuff that happened in, C- or in, in episode seven and then what we get in episode eight? Well, you know, I've loved the 100 since season one. And when season three first started, I was a little disappointed that we were going back to the whole grounders uh, thing and, and venturing away from the AI that we saw at the end of season two. We we kind of felt like we were going back to season one where it was all about against the grounders. But then as it progressed, it got really, really interesting. And I kind of love the route that they went with AI version one and AI version two, because I feel like, you know, and, and this is speculating for the episode coming up is I think we're going to see a showdown between these two AI versions. And I feel like the AI 2.0 was geared up to fear and want to kill anyone from, uh, the uh, the arc because the last time it remembered anything they were the enemy they were the ones that um, had the version one of the AI so they were very defensive and then they meet Clark and this AI 2.0 realizes that you know humans are different and that Clark is different I get this feeling they're going to go the route of putting AI 2.0 in Clark. Um, as we get to the latter half of the season, we, we see Clark locked up as they take the body of the, of, uh, of the, uh, person. We won't name names. Um, although at this point, I think everybody knows, right? I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> who doesn't know at this if point? If you, have, if you have any association with the hundred whatsoever and you don't know who, who yeah, was killed. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's kind of where they're going. I'd be interested to see that versus, uh, uh, I'm bad with names here. Um, uh, Chancellor um, Pike. No, the original Kane? chancellor. Kane? Kane? No. Oh, oh, ja- uh, Jaha. 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 That's it. Yep. See, I'm bad with names. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'd like to see chances. a showdown between those two, and I do find Pike ridiculously annoying. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, <laughs> that's taken the the show in. I don't know. I could sort of see his perspective a little bit, given what they, you know, what you've heard they dealt with once they uh, they came down. But their like complete lack of being able to listen to anybody else, and then also bringing people over to their side that you're just like, I mean, I guess I could sort of see Monty a little bit because, you know, his mom, you know, he got his mom back, and he's sort of siding with his mother. But then, you know, some of the other characters that, yeah, they lost somebody, but that they they went completely off the rails and are just, you know, sort of became lockstep behind Pike until this episode where it seemed like 
starting to kill some of their own is like a step too far. Uh, even though Pike seems to be, you know, wanting to set an example uh, there. Uh, but overall, I think you're right. Pike has been sort of an annoy an annoyance because, and then when they are looking at like how much weaponry they have and, and stuff, and they're surrounded by thousands and thousands of grounders and they somehow think that they can, they would be able to hold out or fight off that many people it just seems uh, completely insane overall. But uh, Scott, you're watching the hundred as well, aren't you? Yeah, I actually uh, did a huge binge of it just before, actually just when the new season was starting, I was probably, I probably had to keep the first episode or two in the DVR when while I was catching up through seasons one and two. So I, I watched seasons one and two within, a, within about a week, week and a half or so. <laughs> and then I went right into uh, season three. Um, so I, I, it, Now you're whacking your head against the wall going, come on, this weekly episode stuff is killing me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 that's always, that, that's always, a, whenever you do that, it's always a problem. But uh, of course, with with the DVR and the peak TV situation of being a billion shows, I don't mind waiting to some extent. I mean, I've, I've got I've got like nine episodes of Colbert I still haven't watched. You know, um, I mean, I, I so this was a show that when I I remember seeing the ads for it, and it's funny how many things I, I watch on the CW and how long I've had this you know anti CW perspective, and then I realized. Dude, you watch like five shows on that network. <laughs> yeah, you, watch, you watch like mo- you watch most of their schedule. Why? Why you can't like not them anymore? So, because I remember seeing ads for it, and I was like, "This looks whatever." But I heard a few good things from people who I don't necessarily trust. But I figured I'd give it a shot anyway. And then I realized, oh, it's kind of they, they've got elements of BSG in here. There's a little bit of Lost, a little bit of Hunger Games, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, whatever. I thought the first season was really good. The second season I thought was actually better. Um, so then we got to this season. And what I admire about the show is they're doing a better job than, let's say, uh, let's say a, a recent movie I just saw featuring certain superheroes, of uh, <laughs> juggling a lot of story ideas and plot threads and it never, for me, it never feels overcrowded or, oh, you're forgetting about this. They may switch from episode to episode, like you were saying. Um, the focus from episode seven switches when we get to episode eight. But I don't mind as much because I'm actually invested or interested in all the storylines that are going on. There may be some that I have issues with, but I like the fact that my issues, for the most part, are... You know, I, I'm frustrated with why a character is acting a certain way, but I still believe the character would act that way. Uh, there's only maybe one exception to that rule, and that's probably Bellamy. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I can believe Bellamy turning and following Pike up to a point, but Bellamy being totally okay going off and, you know, helping to wipe out 300 people? Yeah, that was... Uh- <laughs> I mean, here, here's my in my mind. Here's my justification for that, and I totally agree. I mean, I think that the writers have done an excellent job of uh, essentially taking three or four different story arcs and intertwining them in a way that works without being overcrowded. And Bellamy was one of the characters that they had teased was going to do a complete 360, and you sit there and go, "That seems really out of character for him." But then I go back to what happened at Mount Weather and how the one person 
who he helped when they were both trapped in Mount Weather and who helped him then betrayed him and killed those 49 people. I feel like that that was kind of the trigger for him to go, you know what? I can't trust these guys. I'm with Pike. We need to just mow them down. Right. I can see that. I mean, I, I've bought it up to a point. I mean, it, it's it's not taking me out of the show. As long as it doesn't just take me out of the show where I just I can't believe it or accept it anymore, then I'm fine with it. Um, and as far as what you were saying about Pike and, you know, being in a – of course, that's the point of his character, yep. you know. But in a way, and, and, and to a certain extent, it's almost like they uh, – the writers are even smarter than I would have given them credit for. Um, it's very much a political commentary that's going on with the Pike character. And w- without getting really too specific, because I don't want to offend whoever's on the <laughs> left or the right out there. If you think about Pike and his stance and how he has and how people have chosen to follow him and, the, and, his, and his populist appeal, it, it really feels like it's a commentary on what we've seen happening in the political process in this country over the last several months. And I, I find that really fascinating in a way because it's like, oh, it's it's eerie <laughs> to a certain extent, in fact. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm enjoying it in that sense. Well, that's what good sci-fi does is put you in this fantastical world, but, you know, then comments on things that you're – that are happening yeah. in your lives. I mean – Battlestar Galactica did that uh, a lot, a lot. Uh, with many many a storyline right. that that paralleled or took the opposite point of view, uh, sort of or put uh, you know put your heroes in the in the side of things where it was the enemy in real life type of type of settings right. and and made you know it made you think about things and so I think that's a you know that's what good sci fi does and I think. The hundred does that pretty well with the you know some of the some of the stuff they do. I think in this episode the most interesting thing, because uh, for me overall, I differ from you, Robert. Where as this season started, I was more interested in learning more about the various tribes of the grounders and more about the grounders, and could care less about the AI side of things until episode seven. When they tied all those things together and you went, okay, now I'm on board with that. And so following on that, the thing that I found interesting in this episode was Raven coming to the realization that, wait a second, part of the reason I'm feeling better (laughs) about things is I'm actually starting to forget stuff and not just the bad stuff. I'm starting to, you know, forget people that I loved and her sort of standing up uh, to the AI and, you know, the AI ha- talking later about it being in her programming that the people that get hooked up to it have free will, you know, that they can't just completely, yeah. for the most part, she's never had a problem before, but yet people can still decide for themselves. But I, I thought that was all, that was, the, I thought that was the most interesting part for me really of this episode other than also bringing sort of bringing Bellamy back around to, yeah, this is going, this is going too far now. Like I'm, I'm fine with, I'm fine with killing hundreds and hundreds of grounders, but we start killing our own people, but whoa, helping yeah. the grounders. That's, that's a step too far. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's seen that it brings Bellamy back, but what did you think about, that element of it, Robert, the, of seeing Raven sort of stand up to the 
uh, to Allie. That that was the next character that I was I was worried about where they were going to go. So you know, it, to the point about Pike, the writers did their job. He's meant to be the annoying character that everyone with a sane mind hates. Okay, and, and it worked, and we all believe that. And Bellamy's, you know, Bellamy was starting to get to the point where it was like, okay, wait a minute, this really isn't like Bellamy up until this last episode where Bellamy is sitting there going. Okay, I think we're going a little too far, and he's starting to get a sense of conscience, and it's like, okay, I'm seeing the Bellamy back who's conflicted, and I felt better about that. The one character that I was screaming at the TV about was Raven because she's a smart character. She sees things that other people can't see when it comes to deception, technology, and here she is. She takes this pill because she's in extreme pain, but then completely obliviously goes, oh, you want to hook up to our mainframe? Sure, no problem. Here, hold on one second. Let me get you in there real quick. Let me just uh, get you hooked up. Okay, good. Now you have access to everything. You know, you start screaming at TV going, you know Raven wouldn't do that. But then when the memory loss stuff starts to kick in, then you go, okay, now it makes sense because all of the characters' inhibitions and memories that would uh, go towards – harming this AI gets suppressed and that starts to explain things. But then as soon as someone tries to call this, this very deep memory for Raven of her brother, that kind of breaks that hold. And she goes, Oh my God, what am I doing? And, and then you're screaming at the TV going, Pike's worried about shit on the outside. And he's not paying attention to what Jaha just brought into this camp. <laughs> so I, I loved that, that moment where she finally realized and she's like, we can never give this to her. We have got to get rid of this. How about you, Scott? What did you think about what we saw of that, that storyline? Well, what I really liked about that storyline is it was the first – it's one of the only storylines on, on the series that had – for me, had like a, a chilling moment because uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of creepy. That's kind of weird. You know, that it's – it's she, you can't remember the people that you loved because there was pain involved. And I think – I thought her memory was more about not remembering Finn. Um, yeah, it was. Not, not yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I, that was a storyline that was kind of had, was a, it was a little bit iffy on, you know, because the whole culty thing and can we see her or can't we? And let's be honest, I think for a lot of people, we were like, okay, you're getting a little bit too BSG here. <laughs> you know, it's a, <laughs> you're, you're reminding me way too much of, you know, the whole number six and, uh, <laughs> and Baltar or whatever. But once they introduced that element into it, I was like, okay, this explains more about why Jaha has been acting the way he has, although he's going to be clutching at anything, you know, that's faith driven at this point. But, um, yeah, I, I really, that was a storyline I was iffy on. I think I was like, uh, like you, Jason, where it wasn't until episode seven where we got the, the backstory where I, Ooh, that that's pretty cool. I, I like how they brought that into it. Now, now I won't uh, be playing words with friends during those scenes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, but but I but I did enjoy. It. By the way, was it? It's been a few weeks. Wasn't it the beginning of this episode where where Bellamy kills the two people on horseback who are delivering a message? Was that not that episode? Yeah, that, or was that the yeah? yeah that's the okay. beginning that's of this episode. episode. Yeah. Yep. So so even in that episode, Bellamy's still. Still kind of screwed up until the end. All right, just want to make sure. Yeah, that's that's the uh, he's he's fine, and and Pike seems to be fine with <laughs> with it too, even though he was like, you know, come on in, let him go, uh, type of thing. And uh, so I I guess 
you can not follow Pike's orders as long as you're murdering <laughs> ground. Right. You're, you're fine. That's the only time you can uh, you can go up against him. But uh, so I think overall, though, that it's a the the sort of going back and forth since they can't. Uh, I mean, then you end up getting you would get all all sort of like Game of Thrones, like if you tried to put every storyline into every episode. And you just have like three minutes of this here and three minutes of that here. So right. I like that it it focuses on things, but I it's also a little disconcerting when you hit something so awesome as as the revelations of of episode seven and then you sort of go back where you're sort of seeing a, not quite a parallel time, but you know, the the right after that, but from what's happening on the with the, the sky crew, you know, Arcadia where you're just like, Oh, I want, I want more of this. Although we did get some interesting things, like I said, with uh, the AI side over on this, because we had seen that previously with, you know, where somebody had mentioned, uh, you know, was talking to Jaha about his son and he was like, he had, he had already started to forget his son. And that's where you first saw that. Oh, wait a second. This is not just like, it's not just like hooking you into the matrix here. It's also it's actually side effects. Yeah. It's also starting to, you know, suck you drive of all kinds of uh, memories that might cause, uh, you know, any emotional or physical pain. And so, but seeing that start to happen, uh, you know, with Raven, but seeing somebody stand up to it, I think that made for uh, an interesting thing to, to see where we're, where we head next. But as we've seen in the show, we might head and it looks like we're going to see, you know, Bellamy try and, you know, work with his sister to try and save because it, it looks like he's not just going to uh, take out uh, what is his name? I'm totally blanking on his name that uh, Kane, you know, he's yeah, not just going to take out Kane, but he was also going to take out uh, the other uh, tech guy that was helping out and then also Lincoln. It looked like they were all potentially going to buy it and, and Bellamy, you know, trying to work with his sister to, you know, save them. Yeah, At least it looks like Kane maybe <laughs> finally got through, not the way he necessarily wanted to, <laughs> to <laughs> Bellamy, but Bellamy finally realized that maybe what he's been talking about is correct. Uh, so that's, I uh, look forward to... Uh, I think as we all do, look forward to more of the hundred returning this week to see where things happen, where things go here in the yeah, second they, half of the season. They they can't kill both a lost actor and a BSG actor at the same time. That's, <laughs> that's, that would just be wrong. The universe would explode. <laughs> unless, unless, they're, unless they're trying to make a statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they are, I'm sorry, Game of Thrones still wins that statement. They're never going to be able to top that, I don't think. Yes, yes. <laughs> With that, we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is I, Zombie, Season 2, Episode 15, He Blinded Me With Science. Scott, you're watching that one? I'm yes. quite, I'm quite enjoying it. What did you, what did you think of uh, this episode and some of, the, some of the things we found out, some of the things that, you know, that Liv found out about, you know, what's in the, what's possibly in the basement? <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't, don't, don't go in the basement. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, uh, what what did you think of uh, this episode of I Zombie? 
I don't think I've seen an episode of iZombie that I haven't liked to some extent. You know, some are obviously better than others, but it's become like the most fun show to watch that also has a really gripping serialized storyline as well. Um, It's a show that, you know, it's it always has to have that procedural element to it because, you know, it's the, you know, the corpse of the week and the personality of the week. But you 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 kind of need it for the show because that's what gives Liv her her little superpowers each episode, and the better episodes usually tie that into whatever the overall story of the show is, um, which they did do to some extent with this episode. But I think you usually when we when you watch the show, you don't really care that much about what that case is. You care about everything else that much more. Um, with this one, I think the big thing right off the bat was Blaine's a zombie again. <laughs> and <laughs> David Anders is just, you know, giving, having so much fun on this show. I mean, I, I've, I've liked that actor ever since the days of like, uh, alias and, and stuff like that. And yeah, every, every time there's a scene between Blaine and Ravi, it's gold. <laughs> Those two need to get their own spinoff or something. They're <laughs> yeah, so like, good. like when he comes in pretending to be a zombie and then he's like uh just just kidding but i am back to be I, but i do need some brains right but i also i am in, i'm enjoying the fact that the the writers and everyone they, they seem to be big 80s music fans because you, you've got a title which is a riff on an 80s song um as well as oh this week's episode is also going to be a riff on yet another 80s song and then in the episode you've got them talking about duran duran they're playing a tears for fears song it's a total '80s love fest on this show, <laughs> so I, I I am enjoying the different storylines that are happening. The fact that you know the realization that not just that Blaine is now a zombie again, but you know we're going to see this happening to Major at some point as well, and I guess it's because of what they've taken. There also means they're likely to die. Is that is that am I correct in my uh, impression? The rat that they had that had come back, then after a while reverted back to being a zombie, but then didn't last very long as a zombie the second time. And so there's the once you they don't know exactly what the time frame would be for it to naturally happen necessarily for a human. But since Blaine got killed, it accelerated it for him to come back uh, as as a zombie but then, interesting enough, he takes the he ends up taking the new, you know, sort of cure or whatever uh, at the end because he already feels like he's getting sick or not, you know, that things aren't working right. And right. so it'll be interesting to see like what the potential new cure that hasn't really been tested on the rats or anything yet, you know, what that what that does, uh, you know, and then we have you know, major as he's still in that period of time where, you know, at any time, I guess, you know, that could happen uh, for him. And so there's that, but for me right now, I kind of just wish that some of the characters would just sit down and have a little talk. Cause, <laughs> cause like everybody, everybody has like a little piece of, of information and that, uh, you know, now, you know, Major has taken out the undercover cop zombie that is dating Liv because Blaine gave, said that's, you know, a name on the list that is actually a zombie. But and, and so everybody's, you know, doing these 
their own little thing. Uh, meanwhile, you have uh, in this episode, you have Babineau and his FBI girlfriend coming to the realization that what they had found previously were human brains and something had, been, you know, the, the report had been changed uh, and now they've, you know, found some more. And so now they're, they've got some, uh, you know, some information uh, that they're, you know, that's moving their storyline forward on their investigation. And so I, there's just lots of, there's lots of stuff going. And then you had the stuff happening at Max Rager where I'm assuming that, the daughter got scratched in that melee, even though she got out yeah. and that she's going to end up becoming a zombie. That could be interesting. And you know, the, the, the Max Rager guy, he, he's pretty much, I mean, when he just lets his daughter, you're just like, wow, this guy really is just insane and out for himself. But it'll, you know, if she actually is becoming a zombie, it makes it interesting for like, and that he let that happen, she probably not still going to be <laughs> cool with what he's up to, uh, right. the, all the killing zombies and stuff like that. So that that could be an interesting new, you know, wrinkle in in where things are. Uh, but like you said, I think it is. You do get that case of the week, but it gives you the you know the persona of the week. But in this case, I I liked it because both Blaine. <laughs> And Liv ended up right. on the same brain, and they're both talking science with Ravi in that, in that one scene. <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I enjoyed that a lot too. I mean, what I what I what I'm enjoying about the story, what, what's going on right now, is like like the thing with the daughter, with the, the with the Stephen Weber's character's daughter. By the way, Stephen Weber is having the most fun on the show. <laughs> it's, probably the mo- it's probably the most fun he's had on anything since maybe Wings. You know, <laughs> he, he's like the, the 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 demented CEO of Max Rager. I mean, they, I I love when a show, and it's you know, there's a couple characters like this on. Actually, they're they're all on CW shows. Um, that you know, yeah, you can go to town. You want to chew the scenery a little bit, have a little fun with it. Go ahead. That's the nature of your character. It works for the scenes. He's hysterical, and the moment when he leaves his daughter there, which made you realize it's it's both funny and horrific all at the same time. It's like, oh, you're a much worse person than I ever imagined, because that's your daughter. And we didn't even know that she was his daughter until earlier in the episode. I, I like how they kind of kept that little revelation under wraps until this episode, which is kind of a, a strange moment. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying about you wish people could just sit and have a conversation uh, because then all these little secrets that people have, you know, everyone could just, you know, find out what's going on. Well, especially Major and Liv. I feel like they they should talk. <laughs> Somebody oh, yeah, should confide in what's going on, you know, with oh, with the other one. Oh, I absolutely agree. But I, I will point out that you know, there's been a lot of shows over the years that the, the running gag is, you know, if everyone just sat down and talked to one another, <laughs> yes, that's right. you, you might not, and you might not have a show. And it could be, it could be something like I've already referenced, like Lost. Sons of Anarchy used to be guilty of this a lot. I remember, whereas like you know, if everyone just talked. You wouldn't have half the issues on this show before the show went bad anyway. Uh, but I, what, what I'm most curious about is how things are going to dovetail and collide by the end of the season, um, especially now with now now that the, the story that we haven't really probably cared that much about until now 
with uh, Babino and the FBI and his FBI agent Lova. Uh, <laughs> the fact that is that where that's going. I mean, one maybe it's an easy prediction. Like, I'm gonna bet that he finds out the whole story about Liv by the end of the season. I think that has to happen. That he has to find out the whole story about zombies and that she is actually one. I think that's a I think that's a huge thing. I I predict is gonna happen at the end of the season. And I suspect they're gonna kill somebody off. Uh, and my money right now, until proven otherwise, is on Major. Uh, I, I think Major just feels like the character they could most remove from the equation if they had to kill off one. Uh, no, I think he's more likely to go than Blaine. I think Blaine you got to keep, but Major, eh, you can lose him. Or it'll be something like Peyton and no one will care. But it's like, but she's pretty. Don't kill the pretty one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the one that's on like every sixth episode. Apparently it'll be back this week, I guess. Yes, uh, in the episode. Uh, yeah, that's uh, at least at least in this one. Her not living with Liv, at least it makes more sense for you not to see her. You know, that that's uh, that was always weird in the first season where you're just like, but how is she never there? Like, why is she always gone? Uh, well, I, I think that's a habit of anyone living with Liv. Yeah, no, because they're they- never there. <laughs> The other, the, 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 what's her name? Until she kicked her out, they were roommates. And I was like, but she's never there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the chances that you know that just in this uh, last episode was the or the was it the one previously? Yeah, the previous episode is the first time that uh, Major and her were at the you know ended up at the same at Liv's place at the same time, you know, after all these months. Right, right, right. I think some of that stuff you just sort of, you just sort of let go. And uh, because the show is so fun, because they have so much fun. And I think she's great at taking on these different uh, personalities. I love this episode where she actually like humaned herself back up to as as sort of a disguise (laughs) to go in as into Max Rager for an, for an interview. And, you know, basically look like her her actual self you know her non-zombie persona you know what she looked like in the first episode sort of before uh, all of this that was that was funny but also how disconcerted ravi was with how she yeah ravi was creeped out by it, it was he was totally creeped out by her looking like a normal person <laughs> that was funny but it's that type of stuff they have a lot of fun with the with that stuff and i think you i think you're right that the way we see things now with the, you know, Babino finding out that they really have been finding human brains uh, and that that was something that major was talking about, you know, in the first season and some of the stuff and their investigation sooner or later is going to come across something where they start maybe finding out that that's an actual thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe does actually find out about, about live and, and what's going on. And, and then we can finally get rid of the whole psychic uh, thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I did like the episode where they where they showed up to the crime scene and all the heads had been uh, they they had all lost their heads and or he looked at her like are you going to definitely need some of your psychic <laughs> visions on this one? <laughs> and it's like, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 a it's a it's a really fun show. It's uh I know it's a Rob Thomas show, so and I used to when it, that's how I used to describe it to people. I would tell them it it's like imagine if Veronica Mars was a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> There's your show. Yeah, that's, so that's why it was so much 
fun that uh, Enrico, uh, what's his name, Enrico Calasante. I'm, I'm probably gonna miss. I'm, I'm known for mispronouncing actors' names. Uh, Keith Mars from Veronica Mars showed up uh, a couple weeks ago, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, to have, yeah, he was. Wasn't he the one of the? He was one of cop. the cop handlers of of the uh, the undercover zombie that they don't know is a zombie, but uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the but the ever undercover uh, police officer there, yeah, that that was cool. So I like that because you're probably going to see him pop up, you know, again. Uh, that, oh, I hope so. That's I mean, it. you go, you get him. You got he has to show up again. All right, that's uh, that's enough. I zombie. We'll move on to uh, Limitless. Uh, season one, episode nineteen, a dog's breakfast, and uh, another one for uh, Scott and I to talk about. But Robert, you said that this was a show that you were kind of interested in. You just uh, are behind on. Uh, yeah, I'm probably. Oh man, I'm probably halfway through season one at this point, so I'm definitely a bit behind. Um, I enjoyed the the you know the first half that I've seen, and it is on my DVR to catch up on the other half, but I just haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> yeah, I think I just have really enjoyed the show because you weren't quite sure like what exactly it was going to be. You know, it's a, it's a continuation from the movie and, you know, how all this was going to work out. But ultimately I like that they created their own thing and the way, you know, the fun they have with the way he thinks through things and you get the, you see these other personas that he talks to of himself uh, or the, where he puts the other people that he knows into different scenarios uh, and, you know, it maybe it might be like a seventies cop show or some some other weird thing that's just it just provides a lot of fun for the you know, you got the there is usually some sort of case of the week uh, that they're investigating. I like that they do stuff like when he's hacking, they're just like, Well, this is boring here, watch some cat videos and type of stuff that just the whole fun at- atmosphere that they have with and it sort of fits with even though there's sort of a serious side to what's going on. Uh, but Scott, I'm interested to find out what did you think was going to happen when he got back from Russia and what actually ends up happening where, you know, Mora was just like, yeah, I got to just uh, I got to go do the speech. I didn't even know any of this was happening. Uh, OK, <laughs> it just seemed like he might be a little like less or a little more interested that uh, that Sands has gone rogue and apparently is now going to be like a his own sort of a big bad now that he can be on the, you know, the NZT. But uh, what did you think about where things actually went in this episode all the way to the ending with the uh, Rebecca being like, uh, okay, <laughs> it's time for me, you to tell me some stuff. <laughs> and then we get like a, a week off or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I, I enjoyed the setup of the episode where they basically clamped down on him and, Took away everything that was fun. <laughs> Took away you know, his everything. HQ. No, no, <laughs> head, no headquarters. He can't. He can't even wear fun T-shirts anymore. <laughs> you know, he's got. He, he's got, he's under someone's uh, watchful eye every second of the day now. And of course, I kept thinking at a certain point, it's like, wouldn't wouldn't you be able to object more to this? I guess whatever. But um, getting to the. Fast forwarding to the closer to the end with the stuff with Senator Mara. And by the way, one of the things I've really enjoyed about the series is, as you were saying, you know, it's a continuation from the movie. But what I find unique, and I, I, I don't know if I could think of any other example of this ever happening before, 
the character who is essentially the hero of the original movie has been set up up until this point as kind of the villain of this series. And that's different. I can't think of that having happened before. Yeah, he basically let the this ability, being able to be on NZT and stuff like that, take him to sort of a dark place where he's sort of bent on his own version of sort of world domination. Right, right. <laughs> and, 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 he's, and I guess he's still in that fog, so to speak, but when um, – Brian has that conversation with him and telling him all about Sands, where, as you're saying, like, he, he just thinks that's interesting because he's 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 beyond big picture now. I, I kept I was I thought for a minute they was going to say, you know, it's not just the country or the world, it's the universe or something, <laughs> something insane. I thought we were going to find who was just totally insane at this point or something. Um, so I was like, OK, Sands has been set up as, you know, kind of this deadly guy to begin with so it kind of makes sense that he would you know get away from just being the right hand man thug for mora and and start his own team of you know evil of, of evil people i guess who, who are all going to be taking the nct it looks like so that was a uh, something i wasn't expecting so and i like when a show does something i'm not expecting so you know kudos for that and the stuff with rebecca by, by the end i'm like this is a show like we were talking before. Where, you know, you you want a character, you want someone to tell someone what's going on. Yes. <laughs> and I understand why he couldn't. You know, but at this point, now you can. <laughs> you guys, your parents pretty much know the story now. <laughs> you know, they've pretty much you know removed you from their lives anyway. I think you can tell Rebecca the whole story now because. She, you know, she's been on the trail all this time to begin with. So I'm kind of curious if, if we're going to get to see that all on screen. Are they going to skip time a little bit with that? But um, I'm, I'm glad to see Jennifer Carpenter getting to do something as opposed to uh, her useless role in, towards the end of Dexter. So um, I'm really uh, – I'm enjoying the show much more than I expected to when I, when I watched the pilot. You know, where I was so hung up on inaccuracies at the New York City transit system on their pilot. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was like, no, that wouldn't that, that should be the, the four, five and six platform, not the L train. I'm a New Yorker. Sorry, guys. We <laughs> uh, never know what's going to pull you out of an episode, and especially I, I get that a little bit with uh, with iZombie since it's set in Seattle. You know, when, oh, right. they, when they had the the recent episode that was like the two coffee chains, but, you know, it's not Starbucks and something else you've heard of. It's just some <laughs> random things they've come up with uh, and various things like that that uh, can, can be a lot of fun. But you never know, like, what's going to pull you out of an episode sometimes, especially if something's taking place in a place that you live or used to live or – yeah, I mean, they, they they shoot all the exteriors and a lot a lot of stuff in New York. That's been a big thing on a lot of TV shows for the last several years. Uh, and they actually are shooting all through a train station, a, a huge hub in New York City, which I've had to take a billion times. You know, since from high school to now, which has been a lot of years. And I see him going down one platform, like, oh, I know where he's going. And then I see the platform, but it's for a different train. Like, no, that's not right. And I know it has. You know, it, it's kind of like Die Hard 3. No, and no one could get from Yankee Stadium to Staten on that. And that's not possible. <laughs> Even if you had a rocket ship, you couldn't get there that fast, much less the, the New York subway system. But anyway, um, I really do like the show. It's an interesting show because I can't think of that many shows that juggle tone the way they have to on the show because they can be really silly 
and then as you were saying, be really serious as well. Um, but it it, it, it works. Um, I, I love his hallucinatory way of looking at things. Um, the, the episode where he had the, the character who was like a, a kid show Barney dinosaur kind of thing, <laughs> forcing him from saying any any curse words or anything that was either too violent or too sexual. And the fact that they kept it going for so much of the episode was amazing. Or, or the best one, and I'm not even a, that big a fan of the movie. I mean, I like it, but I don't love it. The the Ferris Bueller episode. Yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. It, it wasn't so much the talking to the camera and wearing the bathrobe and all that stuff. It was the moment where uh, Rebecca's actually wearing the same leather white fringe jacket that uh, the girl is wearing in Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off. And I went, oh, my God, I wonder how long it's going to find that jacket. That's amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's a lot. It's, it's really a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's nice to especially if you watch a lot of TV and you tend to watch a lot of top what they call what I call top tier shows like you know the, the stuff that gets nominated for awards kind of stuff you know it's nice to have like this B level show which is like really a lot of fun and I do want to watch it probably the same day and it doesn't it is engaging serialized storytelling so it, it's a good show I, I I like it a lot yeah it's for me it's become one of the the shows that you know since it's on it 10 o'clock and I'm heading off to work. I can't watch it, but it's the first thing off the DVR when I get home, you know, so it's, it's become one of those shows that I watch as quick as, you know, quick as possible, like a flash or, uh, you know, Supergirl's become that way. You know, some of the right. shows that those type of shows where I watch them like before I go to work. Uh, so yeah, limitless has become one of those shows that it just has that, that fun vibe. And, uh, I really like the you know, the character dynamic and I'm, I'm interested to see like where it goes now. If Mora's like less worried about Brian actually, you know, telling anybody or or you know having not killed somebody that he was supposed to have killed and and stuff like that because he's looking at such big picture things or whatever with his presidential run. That uh, I'm interested to see what Rebecca thinks when she you know if Brian actually tells her stuff like Sands is the person responsible for killing your father. Uh, but now Sands is also on NZT, so he's going to be a much bigger problem than he used to be. <laughs> you know, so, uh, lots of lots of different uh, things that could go uh, where where it could go here in the next. Well, we got the, like three more episodes here uh, to finish out the season. All right, with that, we'll move on to the next show on the list, uh, which is The Walking Dead, uh, season six, episode fifteen, East. Mm. Uh, as we. Mm. We are one episode away from the, from the end of the season, and and we'll give oh we'll give Scott oh a chance here to collect himself, and we'll find out. Uh, Robert, what are you thinking of uh, some of the stuff that's happened here recently on uh, on The Walking Dead here in the second half of the sixth season? Well, in Scott's defense, I started the um first, so. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with The Walking Dead, and I have for a long time. And I know a lot of fans out there will hate me for saying it, but you could watch the mid-season premiere and the finale next week, and you'd still know everything. I'm just saying. (laughs) You can can pretty much watch four episodes a year and be up to date. (laughs) And be up to date. I, I, I would say that this week's episode was... Up until the last like minute or so, I could have really cared less about everything. It was one of those episodes where it's like, okay, everybody scatters and everybody's happy. 
And you know when they go through that happy country music monologue in the first 10 minutes where everybody's smiling and showering naked and doing all those things that she's going to hit the fan, but she's going to hit the fan in the last 30 seconds of the episode rather than in the meat of the episode. So that's where I'm at with it. I, I, I will say that I am excited to see Negan's introduction and, and I'm, I'm very interested to see how close to the comics they plan to stick given the language and the violence level that Negan brings to the series. You know, the series has not shied away from bringing some very controversial pieces from the comics uh, to TV, such as uh, the attempted uh, rape scene of Carl uh, last season, uh, which I didn't think they would ever show on TV, Terminus. Um, so the fact that they brought those on there and and Carl getting his eye shot out um, makes me really fear for a couple of the main characters in the next episode. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, finally, some main characters have got to die for this to get interesting again. So <laughs> I'm all on board with it. <laughs> Did you think that we that we would have met Negan before now? Did you think that going, you know, hearing about, you know, the casting and all that stuff, did you think that we were actually, that that character was going to be more a part of the second half of the season as opposed to maybe we might finally actually meet him in the final episode of the season and not really get much of him until the next season? Here's what I think is going to happen because this is walking, this is classic walking dead, which pisses me off. They're, they, before the season even started, we talked about Negan and Negan and Negan and the casting, and he's probably going to show up in the last 30 seconds of the finale, the 90-minute finale, and we're going to have to wait till <laughs> next season to see anything about it. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm calling it now. All right, Scott, what are, what are your thoughts on, 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 on The Walking Dead? On The Walking Dead, the last, this last couple episodes here. Well... It's it's funny um, when Robert started to speak. He already used a phrase that I was planning to use. I have to come up with another way to say love hate <laughs> relationship with this show because um, I'm known for that sentiment about the show as well. Ever since pr pretty much the last episode of season one, all the way up to now, um, it, it it's a show that my refrain about this show is it's a show that I want to be better. And it, it should be better. And it's and for me, it's got nothing to do with the comic books. I although I can be a hypocrite every once in a while, generally I say with any TV show or movie that's based on books or comic books or whatever, it's a different medium. Things can be changed as long as they're it makes sense or it's for the betterment of the story or you have to consolidate things. And I think some of the changes they've made with The Walking Dead have been good. You know, Carol is certainly a much better character on the show than she ever was in the comic books. And though they make missteps, like Andrea's character way back when was a worse character on the show than she ever was in the comic books. So when you get the problem with The Walking Dead is they, they always lure me in with like a really like great like premiere or midseason, whatever it is. And I'm like, oh, this is the season where they, 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 they get their – can't curse on this podcast. They get their act together. I can't believe I got to talk about The Walking Dead without cursing here. Uh, <laughs> But but then you know you, I, I, you keep waiting for it to go horribly awry, and it happens every time. I remember the Terminus season, like oh this is great, this is a great premiere, and then all the stuff with the hospital, like oh this is horrible. This la these last few episodes since they came back in 2016, for the most part there were some really good episodes. 
um, which were even darker than I expected this show to go, which is saying something considering this is a show that takes place in the zombie apocalypse and so on. I mean, when they go on their little murder spree, I I found that to be rather shocking, but I was like, oh, this is different. They're kind of the bad guys to a certain extent. And then you had the next episode, which was the uh, almost like the bottle episode or the or the almost all women episode with Carol and Maggie. And I thought that was a really good episode. And I thought, wow, they're on a streak here. This isn't like the Terminus thing where they spent an entire half a season walking. This is this is good. And then things start to go a little bad in the last episode. And then this episode, I was like, what? I, I don't care. I, really? And then I, then it reminded me of all the problems with this show. And actually, it's a problem with the comic book, too, quite frankly. I've read, like, the first 22 trade paperbacks, and my issue with the with the book, comics is almost my issue with the show. It tends to be repetitious. The storylines kind of just keep repeating. It's the same basic idea over and over. And what's really bad on this show is you have scenes, you have conversations that don't go anywhere. It's the same circular conversations I've seen over and over on the show. And a scene, if you're not forwarding story and you're not building character, then you better be entertaining. And they have scenes quite often that don't do any of those three things. <laughs> they're, they're pure filler. And I'm like, why did you just waste my time? Why did you waste my time? It, 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 it irritates the hell out of me. And, and this season especially because I was – I was all on board for it. I'm looking forward to Negan because I might not even love that character that much in the comics, but I love the actor who they cast for him, who I'm currently watching on another Sunday night show, which is a billion times better than The Walking Dead, by the way. And I'm like, oh, it's it's kind of funny. He's going to end up on a show that's going to get a much higher rating, but he's so much better on that other show that I watch. But this one... Uh, the, the Carol scene with the Saviors was okay, I guess, but everything else just didn't make any sense. It's like, oh, did everyone take their stupid pills this morning? You know, the last thing you should do is leave the place, and everybody leaves. Yeah, oh. All, all the main like best fighters all just are like, oh, we're gonna take off. You know, Daryl just like loses it and and wants to go. You know, after that guy that he you know had saved previously, but you know it helped out and is. Ultimately, it caused them multiple problems. I, then you had weird stuff like the, you know, the previous episode where uh, the one, you know, she's not really a doctor, but she's the doctor. And <laughs> and all of a sudden a- she decides she wants to go out and, you know, she's getting sort of and you're just like, oh, she's going to die. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, that, you kept waiting for it like the whole episode. And then she gets an arrow to the head. From a guy, you know, from the guy that Daryl had had previously saved, and but was aiming for Daryl and missed, you know, and then you get the big the big firefight, and and all of that stuff happens, and they they end up back, and then this episode he decides to head back out on his own, and then you have a couple people or three people follow him, but then Carol also is left in the middle of the night somehow. She knows the she's found the super secret exit <laughs> from the what's supposed to be a well guarded you know <laughs> place that you're I guess they're they're watching for people to get in not for people to get out or something and so she gets out and steals a car 
in the middle of the night that nobody seems to notice. That's the gone. part I had a problem. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Morgan and, and Morgan. Uh, okay. So and, let's talk about Morgan. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Morgan and, uh, God, why, why can I not think of <laughs> Rick? Yeah. And Rick, Rick head off out after, you know, trying to find Carol. And then Carol ends up in another situation where she uses her, uh, I used to be beat on persona and then takes out a bunch of saviors herself. But the whole thing about where she's sort of, she's not really come around to necessarily the same perspective as, as Morgan, as the, you know, of the not killing is that she's just gotten tired of the killing, but it seems like such a bizarre change here. So kind of quickly in this second half of the season that then she just decides to take off and then people decide to take off after her. And now Morgan's off, you know, looking for her. And the one question I had about this episode is Rick leaves Morgan and heads back. And then you see Rick back at, and I'm like, how did he not come across the guy that was left from that that first shootout that was following them? Where's that guy? Like, what is he doing? Did, did he just, like, let Rick go by and then he's continuing to follow Morgan? Or that was weird, just having him get back. And now Michonne and everybody's, uh, you know, and then you have a gun going off and blood splattering on the camera at the end and uh, another one of those... Uh, okay, did Daryl just get shot in the head, or is he, you know, under a dumpster? <laughs> well, <laughs> so, you know, type so, of thing. Like, what's what's well, going why on? Why couldn't Morgan? Why couldn't Morgan get caught? Okay, I am so tired of Morgan. And speaking, going to what Scott said about repetition, the same. I wanted to swear there, but the same stuff over and over again. I can't kill. I can't kill. I can't kill. And then uh, this really irked me. His story. That when um, was it uh, yeah, that the, that the guy that he had saved, the guy that he yeah, had saved it, had like yeah. it, because he saved that guy, she lived to save Carl to no, no, no. Wait a minute. She'd have never been in exactly. the horde of zombies in the first place. Had <laughs> yeah. that guy dragged her out there. Yes, that's right. So he didn't save <laughs> I would. I so wanted him he put to her call in danger and then saved her, but right. <laughs> would have not had to do so had he just not existed in the first die. place. <laughs> like, oh my God, Morgan! Seriously, is that you're going to stretch it that far and say, "Well, she she got saved." Well, yeah. If I put someone in harm and then save them, and I call myself a savior, great. Yeah, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> oh my God. But yes, how, how did Carol start a car in the middle of the night and not get anybody's attention unless she bulked up on some muscles and pushed the damn thing in neutral? Whoops, excuse me there. Pushed the thing in neutral and, and pushed <laughs> it out of sight where nobody could see it. I mean, it, it was it just didn't make sense. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, this yeah. whole episode just had people doing stuff that you're just like, nobody should be doing this. And then ultimately you end up with four people getting captured by the group in the woods and you're just like, oh, so who's going to die? <laughs> I guess that's a big question. Are we, are we doing predictions now? <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. <laughs> Who do you think's going to die, Scott? Well, I, I'm going to say Negan. First of all, I think Negan will be in it a bit more than the last 30 seconds. <laughs> I was, 45. Um, I, 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 he's already in the ad, so I think he's in it a little bit. 
a little bit more than that. But it could be just the one scene, though. Um, so I'm just assuming that scene will take will be a little bit longer than that because it takes longer to beat someone to death. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I've been talking about this, and I'm not not to sound bloodthirsty, but uh, the show really does need to kill some people. Um, and not not these ancillary characters, and not someone that we don't. I mean, oh no, Rosita. Uh, well, she's really cute, especially when she's on the talking dead. Oh my gosh! But no, it, we know it has to be a major. You have to kill at least one major character, like one of the originals or or close to it. So, like if Abraham buys him, like yeah, you've been forecasting he's going to die for like several episodes, but he's not a big enough deal. I don't think he might die, but that should that can't be the one. I also don't think it can be – I personally would be shocked, and then maybe they'll do this. I would be shocked if it was a woman that uh, that Negan takes out because I'm assuming we're going to see at least a little bit of it before the camera cuts away. I just don't know if they would show us a woman getting beaten to death. I just – I don't see that happening. I think that might be a bit too brutal for the show. I could be totally wrong with that. I mean, well, we just stuck an know, arrow through the head of one <laughs> a couple of episodes yeah, ago. So probably, I don't think, so probably not going to double up on that. <laughs> I mean, look at the mid-season premiere. That you saw a kid being eaten alive. True. Like, you know, I, I mean, I think they've kind of stepped over that threshold. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just there's something about beating someone to death. Yeah. In this day and age, uh, I just, I don't know if they would go there. It's just... For, uh, remember you were talking about things being similar to that. It's just like where they didn't go with the governor and Michonne, unlike the comics. They didn't go there. They did. They could have. They chose not to. And I kind of put this in the same kind of category. It did, this didn't happen in the comics anyway. So I think you're left with you've got the uh, Glenn finally getting it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Or will they do something which could cause riots with some people and, and go after Daryl? Because he is the character they created for the show, so he might be easier to pluck out of the storyline. So, I, I don't know. Does it make sense to kill Glenn after you faked this out earlier in the season? Or is it just karma finally catching up there? I just I, I can't believe that they would really actually kill Daryl, though it would be something. I kind of think they're going to do a twofer. Maybe he'll be, maybe Negan will do a double header, and I'll be the one that'll be different. Than- <laughs> uh, so, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I kind of wish I just didn't. I mean, I I've never read the comics, but there's so much of because it's based on the comics that and people that have read it that every time they announce something, you're know, like, "Ooh, they've cast Negan," and you for for somebody like me, I'm just like, "Who cares?" I don't want to. <laughs> I don't really want to know like what that is, but then just even without trying, you end up knowing stuff like who he kills in the comics. And so you figure, you know, maybe that still happens, but it's likely that something like that happens. And so somebody's likely to get their head bashed in uh, coming up, you know, whether it'll actually happen in the 90 minute finale or we'll have to, (laughs) <laughs> the or, last 30 or, seconds or you'll see like a wind up and a fade to black <laughs> <laughs> oh man well that would know, be that would be pretty funny though <laughs> that, that's it's very possible but you know my prediction is this i mean it, it, we we we've saw a lot of instances where they didn't go places with michonne and the governor but then they went 
the place of the uh, of that scene with Carl last season where the guy tries to jump him. And, and that is something that to me would be even far worse than showing the stuff with Michonne. Um, and, and they still went there. So I feel like they've kind of shed off some of their inhibitions with that stuff. But I, I looked at what happened with Maggie just before that final scene in this last episode where she all of a sudden had some massive pains. And, and I look back to uh, it as kind of like a bit of foreshadowing that perhaps that she started having those pains because it, Glenn's going to die. And that may be a stretch, but I feel like that was maybe a little bit of foreshadowing on the writer's part that that whole relationship is just going to go completely wrong and he's he's just going to bite the dust with Negan and, and that's the end of that. Uh, I, I do like the idea, and maybe this is too, <laughs> this is because we're so saturated with shows like Game of Thrones, and we love the bloodlust so much that I, I would actually be for a double header <laughs> from from him at the end. I would actually be for that. But if they if they do the winding up and fade to black at the end of the episode, <laughs> and we see nothing, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I I guess I, I'll I'll just say it. Um... You, I don't think the show can still continue to have both Daryl and Abraham on the show because I think they kind of inhabit a similar space um, role-wise on the show. So I'm going to say it's going to be a doubleheader and uh, Glenn and Abraham buy it and they keep Daryl on so that people don't go insane. So that's – I'm going to say you're going to kill – because Abraham's got to die. I, I, would be, I would be shocked if they don't kill Abraham off. I mean that arrow should have been for him. So I think that's what's going to happen. They'll kill Glenn and Abraham, and we'll finally get our bloodlust quenched for this stupid show. Well, you well you do have <laughs> you do have that Abraham has finally gotten like, you know he's he's fallen for somebody and he's starting to have a little bit, you know. Yes, that's why you're uh, feeling feeling good about <laughs> feeling good about things at least the best you can in in the world that you live in. So yeah, he's probably not long for the world now. Anytime somebody starts to get. You know, something starts working out for them. Ultimately, that seems to foreshadow something bad is coming for them. Plus, he's a ginger, so there's that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's that's enough of The Walking Dead. We'll see what happens uh, this Sunday when we get the, as we talked about, the 90-minute, you know, the 90-minute extended finale, which hopefully is just not, you know, 30 minutes of extra stuff that just for filler you know some of a lot of that filler no. stuff they, just... they, what? they would never do that on the walking dead uh, <laughs> are you crazy come on all right and we'll move on to the last show on the list which is the magicians season one episode 11 remedial battle magic and robert you and i are watching uh, this show this is the episode that airs tonight as uh, we're recording this and We've seen some interesting stuff in this this show. This show has gone way, way, to, way darker than I would have ever thought. You know, given where we started in the first episode. Uh, since I have no, I've never read the books that they're based on, so I don't have any of that that background. I'm just going with the, where the show has gone. And this episode, we have them, you know, practicing their battle magic, uh, and some of them needing to basically get rid of all their emotions to be able to do so. But then when they get their emotions all back, it tends to, uh, you have all that flooding back. It tends to cause some problems, which apparently it caused some big problems for some, <laughs> some stuff happened at the end of the episode, uh, where As things do, and you know, at the end of the episode, I was like, Oh, they're not going to have them end up mm -hmm. sleeping together. 
And then you find out in some flashes when Elliot wakes up that it wasn't just the two, but apparently all three of them uh, ended up uh, in bed together after that rush of emotions back. And uh, But what did you... What did you think of this episode and them trying to, you know, learn the battle magic and where we ended up uh, with the with these characters? Because that was not where I saw it going. <laughs> Much like <laughs> it happens in every episode of the show. You know, it, it, there's something about this show that it just is super addicting. When I first started it, it was a little boring, a little slow, but by about the third episode. It really started to take off, and there was something that I just absolutely loved about it. It was like, you know, everyone likes to compare it to adult Harry Potter, but I feel like it went to the places that by Deathly Hollows we wanted Harry Potter to go, but it couldn't. And so we're, we're getting to more of the, I guess, our generation, you know, in our 20s and early 30s type people that uh that watch this show and yeah it's it's very dark it's it's heavy on the drug and 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 sex use but at the same time the backstory the characters the storylines are very deep and very rich um and and you come very invested in the characters and about halfway through the episode i kind of saw it going there (laughs) and when they were both sitting there in bed i'm like all right this is going to turn into a threesome (laughs) i could just see it coming Because we've done some interviews with the cast and we know that the character playing Elliot, that he that he's bisexual or pansexual or whatever you want to call it. Um, And so I knew that was coming. And when Quentin's on and off Fox girlfriend, if you will, is sitting on the end of the bed watching and she seems very judgmental about it, I kind of felt like, okay. But knowing where her parents came from, should she really be shocked by that? Knowing how her parents are, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, that really should shock her. <laughs> yeah, how magic tends to cause some uh, cause some problems, but but yeah, I think yeah, her and Penny not you know not participating in the you know getting rid of their emotions and trying to continue to practice with that you know in a normal state. Uh, while the other ones was, I felt that was going to cause some sort of problem, <laughs> but, but not like necessarily. That. Yeah, but not necessarily that she was going to walk in <laughs> at the end and find all three of them naked, you know, passed out in bed, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Elliot wakes up and you sort of get flashes of like his memories of what happened the night before, and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> that is not where I saw this going. But, you know, like when we found out a few episodes ago that the writer of the, you know, the children's fairy tale books was a pedophile. Definitely didn't yes. see the show going that direction. No, and definitely so get, didn't. You get a lot of this stuff. And then, you know, you had this episode where the beast is getting into all the travelers' minds and, you know, Penny almost dies because he over ODs on drugs. Uh, but then you have like all these other travelers that just can't take it anymore and are taking themselves out. Uh, to 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 stop the thing, and it's all been leading up to. I think we're going to get some some interesting <laughs> some interesting happenings once they finally get to Fillory here in the next episode or two. Since I, I think we have like a couple more episodes left this season. Yeah, there's 13 episodes. What what I think was interesting is I liked the team up. I, I kind of felt like her and Quentin were the goody two shoes that you know, stayed away from the other three who were the drinkers, drug users, and the, you know, the ones that just didn't 
give a fly about anything that was going on. And then to see Penny and her team up and then Quentin go with, you know, the uh, the groupies um, was kind of a, an interesting uh, dichotomy that I thought was really great for the characters to kind of say, you know, OK, she's going to try to do this uh, the good way. And Penny wants to do it with her. And Quentin's like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to do the easy route and go with it and just do it. And there's going to be, I think, a lot of uh, emotional repercussions in the next episode uh, for, for everything that happened with them. Um but, you know, I, I'm a sucker for, for really great backstories, and, and I love all of the intricate details that they've put with the backstories of Fillory, um, with who the Beast is. Totally didn't see that coming with him. But at the same time, the creepy nature of what his sister did to protect him just adds to the the idea that this guy is just completely psycho. Yeah, and, and you know, kept – trying to do things to finally get to Fillory. And then obviously now we've seen got there and has become quite the problem. Yeah. It, each episode just seems to go to a place where you're, I mean the previous, was it the previous episode where we actually met the parents where they're basically having like a historical, magical Roman yep. sex party. You know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and and they've got some stuff going on in some of those scenes where you're just like, wow, I can't believe this show is on uh, <laughs> on sci-fi. I can't – this this show totally seems like there's going to be like a non-TV cut on like DVD or something like that or – because they actually swear a lot in the show. They just drop the volume out. So every time somebody drops an F-bomb, you, you just see them mouth the words, but the – the volume drops out so it's you don't hear it some of the you know the sexual situations and scenes that they have on the show are i mean they're just they're just shy of you know like if you just move the camera just a bit you're on HBO yeah. <laughs> you know type of stuff and you and so there's a lot of that type of stuff too where you're just like wow they're really going all out with the the production on this show you know, I, I I remember watching Defiance thinking the same thing because there were there were times on Defiance that got very, um, you know, sexually explicit as well. And it seems like sci-fi has kind of shed themselves a bit of of that, you know, that we have to hide everything on on, on network television. Um, and they've they've gotten to borderline, you know, AMC to HBO level with a lot of this stuff. And I think that works in their favor for this particular series because that's part of what makes the series so addicting and interesting is that it is a bit edgy. It's a bit closer to something you'd see on HBO and something you'd want to watch instead of them going the easy route and doing the, the simple things that would make it a little bit more boring. Yeah. Well, you have this show, this episode ending where they, you know, they end up in a threesome. The previous episode ends with, you know, two characters having to have sex and climax at the same time for the spell to work to be able to get Penny back. I mean, they're, they're going to some interesting places for how magic works and some of the spells that they're casting and, and various things in the show that that's just that's keeping me drawn in because right now I have I have no clue as to like what's going to happen next. And for somebody that watches as much TV as I do, when I come across a show. <laughs> That can surprise me. I'm all in. 
Exactly. And that's, again, what I love about it. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, the show is 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 very unpredictable unless you've read the books. But even those that I've talked to who have read the books said the show has gone, you know, a somewhat different direction, which I think is an advantage, too, because then that gets book readers interested in in watching it. And most of the ones I've talked to said that they're happy with the changes that they've made. They're perfectly fine with them. And I think you know, one of the underlying tones of this is that magic is a very emotional thing, and the the using the sex to to use some of the the magic, I think, goes into that. And I think that what they're leading us towards, and we're starting to see, and I think that's what's going to happen in these next few episodes, is we're going to start seeing the other emotional extreme for using magic, which is anger and fear and hate. And and I'm excited to see where they're going to go with it because there's been some pretty anger-filled, hate-filled uh, uh, scenes so far, and and I think there's still another level they can go. Yeah, well, and this episode ends and puts two of your characters that have basically had been professing their love for each other in the previous episode, and even earlier in this episode, into they're not going to be in such a great place coming up the next episode. So yeah, I'm definitely interested to see where where this show goes in the next couple of episodes, and I I am kind of like Quentin, sort of looking forward to them actually going to Fillory. I think that's been a whole interesting thing where they've tied this story in of of like these children's books that had this fantasy world that the you know children could travel through, not a wardrobe, but basically that type of thing, you know, to <laughs> right. get to another another place but then it turns out that the stories that were being written about that place were coming from a place of it was a real place and then we saw a couple episodes ago that there's not just fillery and like earth that when penny ended up in the netherlands that there's all kinds of other worlds that you can travel to uh, so you know this show could open up all kinds of go all kinds of directions and you know, in future seasons and, and whatnot. So be interested to see uh, where, where that goes, but uh, that'll do it for uh, the magicians and the uh, primetime segment. And we'll move on to uh, some TV recommendations. Uh, first up my recommendation, which it's not available yet, but should be available soon is the Larry Sanders show. Uh, we'll be returning to uh, HBO sometime here in the near future. Uh, sadly, Gary Shandling just passed this last week, but it was already in the works to get H, you know, to get that show uh, back on HBO before he passed, and uh, so it was kind of weird to have that uh, that sort of announcement came out at the same time. It was almost like it almost felt like he died, and they were like, "Oh, let's put the show back on." But I didn't know this that the Larry Sanders show is a Sony Pictures Television show. And not like an actual HBO produced show, so they had to work out a deal to get the rights to act. Even though it aired on HBO back when it was on, they were working out a deal to get it to be the exclusive home for it again. Apparently, it's been on Crackle and some other places at times. But coming up, you'll be able to find uh, Larry Sanders on you know HBO, HBO Go, HBO Now, on demand, and and whatnot. But it was a a great show at a, at its time where Gary Shander, Gary Shanley played Larry Sanders, the host of a late night talk show, and where they brought on real celebrities to play a version of themselves. Uh, but then you also saw the behind the scenes uh, stuff, and it had uh, a fantastic cast along with Gary Shanley. 
you had uh, Rip Torn and Jeffrey Tambor played his sidekick. And then, you know, other people that, that came through the, the show were like Jeremy Piven, uh, Janine Garofalo, just a, a, a great cast and a great show that looked, you know, that sort of looked behind the scenes of like a Tonight Show uh, type of show. And at that time where there was sort of a potential that maybe Gary Shandling could end up as one of those late night hosts, but it never worked out. And so he sort of ended up doing his own sort of version of that, but also sort of deconstructing that type of show uh, and just is one of the, you know, one of the best shows that's been on in, in a while, along with, I hope that we'll also uh, get uh, it's Gary Shandling show somewhere will reappear uh, it would be, I think that was on Showtime or something, uh, if that show could come back, because that show did this sort of a similar thing for the sitcom, uh, where it sort of deconstructed this, the your your normal sitcom, where he did things like break the fourth wall and, what, and whatnot. But uh, the Larry Sanders show is uh, one that you'll be able to get here pretty soon. Either of you watched Larry Sanders show previously? No. I, I, would, I would love to weigh in on this. <laughs> um, um, because uh, his, his passing really uh, upset me. Well, it, it's Gary Shanley's show is is a wonderful. Just the theme song alone makes that a, a worthwhile endeavor. Um, hopefully, Showtime will choose or be able to rerun them at some point. I watched them when they uh, it was a Showtime show that ended up airing on Fox, and that was actually one of the two shows that kept me watching Fox in the early beginnings of of the Fox Network. It was like The Simpsons. And it's Gary Shandling show because I remember thinking I watch Married with Children, but it's trash. But but it's Gary Shandling show kept me there. I had no idea because it was like the pre-cable days for me. I didn't know it was a cable series. But the Larry Sanders show, um, I don't think we can overestimate the importance of that show. That I tell people who aren't as um, knowledgeable about television as other folks like like myself is that you don't have a lot of the shows that you like now without the larry sanders show um the, the pioneering of the single camera show without a laugh track without you know without an audience you know not, not including the, the the moments that actually take place on the talk show um that without the larry sanders show you don't have kirby enthusiasm you don't have the british version of the office much less the american version of the office you don't have 30 rock you don't you don't have all these different types of shows that the larry sanders show broke the mold created the mold for in fact you know the the, the idea of awkward comedy and, and all that stuff was really pioneered on that show i think it's a fantastic series i own the, the box set it's one of my favorite box sets i have so i can watch it whenever it made me look at David Duchovny in a totally different way. <laughs> was, uh, his on again, off again, weirdly homoerotic relationship with the with Larry Sanders on it. Um, and I tell people like, where else can you see a show where Greg Kinnear and Tom Petty are get break into a fist fight? I mean, it, that's the kind of stuff you would get on the Larry Sanders show. It, it's just, it, it's a fantastic show. It, it's unfortunate that. It'll be Gary Shandling's death that might lead more people to check it out once HBO starts to rerun them. But all the same, it's I'm glad that they it's gotten a second life for people to check it out. It's really worthwhile. I think it. I've seen it recently. It holds up as well as any other show I've ever seen. So it's a really great show. Yeah, it's just a an interesting. 
I mean, not only do you get sort of like the, the behind the scenes of sort of creating this type of show and, and what somebody might be like behind the scenes, but the fun stuff was if you ever watch those types of shows and you would see the host, like say, you know, we'll be back after this. And then you would see him lean over and start to talk mm-hmm. and you'd be like, I wonder what they're talking about. Well, <laughs> you got all kinds of weird conversations that took place in the commercial breaks of these shows where, you know, you either had like people, you know, were during the interview, they're like, fine, but they're really feuding or something like that, or don't like each other or they're, or, or all these types of, of weird things that they played off of those types of, uh, of things. And yeah, like you said, all those different types of shows, but especially the, you know, the, the sort of the behind the scenes of, a of, of some sort of show like that is, you know, like a thing like 30 rock and stuff like that. You probably, you probably don't get those type of shows without somebody. Somebody had to do something different first and it work for other people to go, Hey, that's, a, that's an, that's an interesting way to do things. Yeah. I, I kind of thought of it like, like it's, it's Gary Shandling's show is kind of like a little bit of his modern update of, of Burns and Allen talking to the audience and yeah. being and break the fourth wall. Um, the Larry Sanders show I thought was his modern, and, de- and, de- and deconstructing a version of the Dick Van Dyke show, which was behind the scenes of a talk show, uh, of, of a late night talk show as well, if you, if you, if you think about it. Only the difference is uh, a show like that, all the characters are very likable. Yeah. <laughs> On the Larry Sanders show, they don't really worry about characters being likable or not, because quite often Larry Sanders or Hank Kingsley, uh, they're not the most likable people, but it, they're, they're always funny. And that's what's most important. Yeah, so that's uh, that's definitely one to check out. Uh, either you know you can find it on DVD or once it shows back up here on. Uh, but we'll have some uh, links and whatnot. But uh, Robert, what is uh, your recommendation? Well, mine's kind of a little bit off the beaten path. Um, it's a Japanese anime show that just completed its twelfth episode, uh, titled Erased. Um, it's a great uh, little series that revolves around a character who has the ability to relive a moment in time uh, where someone's about to die. And he, he calls it revival. And he goes back in time that short distance um, to save that person's life. And when he suddenly starts to remember something that happened in his town as a kid, he all of a sudden goes back to 1988 where he's 12 years old and realizes that he has to try and save three of his friends who end up being uh, kidnapped and killed. Um, and you go through the series of him jumping back and forth in time trying to you know, change the future and the consequences. But what's interesting about it is you have this adult version of this character in a kid's body. And so he's doing things that would be dangerous for an adult, let alone a kid. And although the series has a lot of childlike humor, it's also a very dark uh, and somewhat twisted series that just keeps you guessing. I guess it reminds me a little bit of the the guessing of where we don't know things are going to go on The Magicians, where it just hooks you because you, you're you so into it. But unlike a lot of, of, of anime shows, um, this one actually gets a, a conclusion, a nice wrapped up neat finish where sometimes you're left with a cliffhanger because you don't know if a series is going to be renewed. You're waiting for the graphic novel to continue – and sometimes you go three to five years before you get another season. But this wraps up all in the one season. Um, and I would highly recommend it to anyone who likes any type of animated television series. 
um, who's into that type of stuff. Um, you can find it on crunchyroll.com or funimation.com. Um, all 12 episodes are available, so you can binge watch the whole thing. They're half-hour episodes, so it's be relatively quick to go through. Um, but that would be my absolute top recommendation for the season right now. I'm always a fan of anything that takes place and has an ending so that a season, you know, a season has a conclusion, not necessarily one that closes off everything, you know, that you can no longer tell stories in that, that world, but that should a show not return, it doesn't make the show not watchable because it ends in some sort of weird cliffhanger way or something like that. Exactly. And what's beautiful about this is you, you, you get satisfaction for the investment you put into the first season, but you're also put in a position where there's a couple things unanswered that if they wanted to, or if the graphic novel did have a continuation, which sometimes does happen after a short break, that they could continue it and you'd go into it and you wouldn't be, it wouldn't be awkward because there's an opening there for them to continue it on. But if they don't, you'll be satisfied with it as is. Yeah. I like that. I like that kind of stuff. So, uh, Next up, Scott, what is your your recommendation? My recommendation? Well, I think lately, the last few weeks, people, probably a lot of people we know, have been binge-watching on Netflix. And they were, maybe they were first binge-watching House of Cards. Maybe now they're binge-watching Daredevil Season 2. And I'm sure those are both worthwhile endeavors. I plan to binge-watch both of them myself at some point soon. But the show that I would recommend binge-watching on Netflix right now is neither of those. I would say seek out a show that's called Happy Valley. Actually, I actually just did a podcast just about the show entirely, so it's really fresh in my mind. Um, It's one of the best television series I've seen in the last few years. Uh, I did a huge Brit binge <laughs> about a year and a half ago, where over the course of a month, I watched like every other b- popular British TV show, you know, that we were hearing about here. You know, your Broad Churches, your Luther. Well, I had watched Luther, Peaky Blind, a bunch of shows. Happy Valley just stood out above them all because it does a really nice do- job of juggling both the in- the intensity of uh, of a crime drama as well as a lot of stuff dealing with family relationships and the the strife between that happens there um they they just premiered their second season on netflix but if you've never seen it it's easy to watch both seasons because guess what each season is only six episodes so we're not talking about a, a massive time commitment the way some shows can be um it's some of the best writing and acting I've seen on television. Um, it, it takes place in a small town in the UK, uh, West Yorkshire, and we follow the story of this woman in Catherine. K- uh, what's her last name? Cable. K- probably going to pronounce her last name. Doesn't matter. But she's like this police sergeant of this of the small community, um, who's also, you know, she, she lives with her sister. She's an older woman. She's probably, I would say she's probably like in her late 40s or early 50s probably. Um, but she's also raising the son of her deceased daughter who had killed herself a few weeks after giving birth because she was still dealing with the fact that she had been brutally raped in the first place, which was you know how the, the pregnancy came to be. So that's your setup for, for the characters. And the first season has story elements that will remind people of things like Fargo and, and other types of things where, you know, miscommunication leads to horrible things, you know. 
And it's just the first season alone is great. And you think that was going to be it. And then they do a second season, and you worry, how are they going to do a second season? Are they just going to repeat things? And they find new ways, new storylines, new ways to attack things. Um, it's equally as good. The second season, I would say, is equally as good as the first season. Um, it's also fun if you are if you are used to watching shows like Downton Abbey, where you see actors or actresses appear on this show in very different roles than you're used to seeing them on Downton <laughs> Abbey. So especially... Especially in season two, there's one character, I'm, I'm being as spoiler-free as I can here, who I, I believe they actually cast deliberately because of his recognizability from Downton Abbey. And then when you see where that character goes, you're like, oh, even though you, you kind of can guess it, you go, like, but that character wouldn't do that because you're thinking of Downton Abbey. But honestly, it's a really fantastic show. It, it's it. It, it's de- it's definitely my highest recommendation I can think of right now as far as what one can find out there. Yeah, I've I've heard good things. I've I've seen that you know pop up in people's recommendations here recently since it was added about a a week or two ago to to Netflix. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's one of those that's that's on uh, that's on my list of of things to check out. You know, once. Once I find a you know a nice twelve hour window, <laughs> <laughs> oh, save, I mean, save it for the save it for the summer. Yeah, you know when, when things yeah. die down a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, except for that's convention season. <laughs> Nothing will die down for us at that point. Yeah, well, it, it's it's always interesting because it's like yeah, it's 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 but it's there. I can always go. I can always go watch it. Yet I did watch you know within the first twenty four hours of of daredevil being out i watched all 13 episodes so it's not like i can't find <laughs> apparently <laughs> time if i really really want to watch something so it did put me 12 hours more backlog on the dvr <laughs> because i wasn't watching stuff that i'd been recording that week but you know it was one of those things that i was actually sick that week i was i was home from work and midnight rolled around and i was like oh, i'll watch an episode and five episodes later, I was like, I kind of need to get some sleep. Forget <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> sleep. So yeah, the the binge thing should uh, I should be able to find find some time. Probably be something uh, I'll watch. There's always, I mean, these days there's always something new happening on TV. There's a little less over the course of the summer, but there's that period towards the end of May, the beginning of June, where there's still like a pretty decent lull before summer shows really get started. And, you know, the regular TV season has ended and, uh, that, that'll probably be a, a good time for me to, to, to catch something like this and, and, oh. uh, and watch, watch happy Valley. But yeah, I haven't heard, I haven't heard any, any negatives about it. I've only seen, I've only seen recommendations for it. And, uh, I, I like a good British police <laughs> police show they do they do things just a little bit different uh in the way that they they do these shows and especially in these like short six episode stints or you know something like that that uh you know or something like a broad church that was only like 10 or eight or 10 episodes or something and always have found those to be well it's it's weird to say quite enjoyable because the show is called happy valley but there it's not really a happy show from what i understand <laughs> Uh, as some yeah, of the things that you, true. some of the things, there is some happiness. Yeah, some of, some of the things that you, <laughs> not a lot <laughs> that, that you that you talked about, not 
not so high on the happiness scale. But all right, that'll that'll do it for our TV recommendations. Uh, as always, you can uh, find links to our recommendations as well as the news stories we talked about and also where you can find Robert and Scott online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 316. And next week, Amory and Ray will be back with me and we'll probably talk about the return of the 100. I'm sure that will be uh, on the list. And uh, thank you for listening and thank you, uh, Robert and Scott, for joining me on episode 316. Thanks, guys. It's great to be here. Thanks.